Welcome to Lead with DX, a podcast that gives straight talk on digital transformation, technology, leadership, marketing, and customer experience in a digital world. Each week, we bring you insightful talks and engaging conversations with industry leaders and technology experts. This week, we are joined by a team from Digital Dexteritis, a digital transformation consultancy firm that creates game-changing business capabilities. Founder Kato Rasmussen, along with co-founder Jeb Lewis and senior workshopper Dorota Walters, discuss modern approaches and methods to culture transformation to fundamentally change how companies can identify their business goals amidst today's global landscape. Please note that this podcast episode is recorded from a webinar. You can find the SlideShare presentation and the YouTube video on the description box. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone, and welcome to our second session for the day, Innovative Approaches and Methodologies to Business Transformation. Here we're going to talk about modern approaches and methods to culture transformation to fundamentally change how companies can identify their business goals amidst today's global landscape. We are joined by an amazing team of speakers. Kato Rasmussen, founder of Digital Dexteritis. He helps professionals and organizations identify value generation by extending their reach into digital, digital ecosystems. He is joined by Digital Dexteritis co-founder Jeb Lewis, a business development coach, leader, networker, and public speaker with more than 20 years business experience across Asia Pacific. Completing their group is Dorota Walters. She coaches, trains, and mentors ambitious entrepreneurs and owners of fast-growing organizations in areas of leadership, management, and culture. Hey, everyone. How are you all doing? Uh, I think we're doing good. All right, that, that, that's great. Now we're all in different time zones right now, so we really appreciate you doing this. And I know you all have a wonderful presentation for us today, so I'm going to give the floor to you guys. Okay, can you see my screen first of all? Uh, not yet. Um, should pop up in a second. There we go. Okay, excellent. And it seems technology is playing a little bit of um Okay, um, my name is Kat Rasmussen, as uh, was said. Um, we started this initiative some uh, uh, months ago, although it has been a work in progress for a very, very long time. Um, as said, uh, Jeb is with us from Colorado and Dorota is with us from Spain and I'm sitting here in Cannes, France. So uh, we are truly a globally spread team, uh, plus you guys sitting in Asia Pacific, that makes us more or less cover the whole globe. What we're gonna talk about is um, transformation and innovate from within your company unleashing hidden creativity, which are uh, existing within your company without having huge number of consultants, etc. Uh, coming in. So 
what we are, we like to look at ourselves not as consultants, but as workshoppers and facilitators. So we facilitate workshops and we do it with your people so that they are integral part of the whole process. And we follow a structured process in which we're going to introduce you to. But first thing on the topic today, innovation, business innovation or transformation. So innovation is very often associated with ideas and having a good idea, new idea, fresh idea um, in order to innovate. However, we do see innovation being more than just um, idea. So as you can see here, hopefully, idea consists of two things. It's the idea and it's the execution of the idea. So you can have an awful idea, weak idea, so-so idea, good idea, great idea, and excellent idea. And you can see that there are numbers behind there. Those are multipliers. And then you have the execution, and equally you can have no execution down to excellent execution. So an example of this, if you can think about Apple, I mentioned Apple because everybody knows Apple and everybody has kind of a relationship to Apple. So you think about um, 2007 when Apple launched iPhone 3. They launched an iPhone 3 that had a combination of phone, music, proper web browser, proper video viewing, etc. It was an excellent idea and it had an excellent execution. And we know that it created billions of dollars in revenue. And at the time, um, I know Apple had three to five percent market share, but they have 70 percent of the profit margins in the industry worldwide. So that is an example of an excellent idea and an excellent execution. Is if, if we continue with Apple and we look back to the iPhone 4 or 5, that was kind of good ideas, but it wasn't that revolutionary. It wasn't anything new, so to say, other than the design. But it was an excellent execution. And equally, if you look at iPhone's platforms, etc., it was excellent execution all the time, and the ideas varied a bit from good to excellent. Take BlackBerry and the latest version of Blackberries. That was a good idea, but it's very poor execution. So all in all, Think about Apple, very few would question, or very, very many rather, view Apple as a innovative company, and it's mainly because of execution. And if we break down execution, execution rests on three pillars, desirability, feasibility, and viability. So the desirability is about the value proposition, how you meet customer needs, how you engage, and how you deliver. Feasibility, it's do you need partners? What do you need to get done? What resources is required? 
etc. And then you have the viability. Is this financially sound or do you produce enough revenue and interest so that you get investors attracted and interested in putting money into your company? So all these things are executional. And that actually in a systematic way brings us into the business model canvas. I reckon most of you have heard of, if not all of you have heard of business model canvas, but it's actually incepted by a person called Alexander Osterwalder, who then later created a company called Strategizer. The business model canvas and the business model thinking and all the things around the business model are today being used by large corporations, small corporations, and also a part of a curriculum in many schools, Howard, Stanford, Berkeley, etc. So the business model canvas is nine elements, as you can see here, and those were the ones that I mentioned during the breakdown of the execution. And these nine elements, all companies have control over. They can choose themselves what they want to do, which customer segments they want to go, up, go after, how they want their relationship they want to create, etc., etc. So these are the things you have control over. The outside things that companies do not have control over. But the thing about this is that the business model is now being created inside out. You create your own business model, while in the past we have followed an outside-in business model, an industry business model, which then we have put benchmarks and surveys and stuff like that in order to measure a business model against competition. While now with the inside-out business model, you're the creator of the business model and the innovator of what you want to do. Uh, again, if you think about it here in the customer segments, take Apple again. When they had all the consumers uh, as customers of their iPhone, they also had a different segments, developers when they created the platform and the value proposition to the, to the developers were the platform and all the users of the iPhone in which they could reach developing apps on their on their app store and have it launched to all of these customers so they could reach millions upon millions of customers by being part of the apple platform so these are two different business models but they are complementary moving on transformation transformation is quite a complex thing and also uh, very many talk about transformation as if it is the goal. We talk about transformation as a result of something, making a fundamental change in order to achieve transformational results. I'm not going to go into the whole of this business model. We don't have time or business um, uh, uh, change framework. We don't have time for that, but we're going to just zoom in for the rest on this top right quadrant, as I call it. And what we do is that most, most companies or, or, or um, uh, consulting companies 
will define what they do as work packages. So they have work packages and by and large what these work packages do is have a bunch of consultants going out and interview your staff. We don't do that. We call them exploration packages because we want to explore with you in workshopping so that all your team and assigned members of the teams are integral part of the whole process. They're not being interrogated, but they come up with ideas, which we're going to explain later. But to each of the quadrants, we have sort of three exploration packages in which we do, and they take slightly different methodologies, but all follow the same approach and the same um, uh, schema of, of uh, exploring with you and your staff. And we're going to share with you one methodology, a relatively straightforward, easy methodology, but highly effective. We call it Lightning Decision Jam. It's a structured process for identifying future possibility and defining an action roadmap for testing qualifying in one day. So one day is up to before the testing. So we actually have actionable items that can take a week or two to be tested with customers internally and what have you. And now we're going to take you through that uh, uh, step by step. So here we have four steps. We have step zero to step three. And step zero is about, about defining the goal. You need to define the goal of what we're going towards. Step number two is the team members are asked to work individually with post-it notes to come up with all their ideas for actually are in place now that brings us forward. Just to put that up. And then when everybody's done with that within three minutes, those are glued up on what you can see here as the sailboat, what brings wind into your sail. And then step number two, the same members individually again, they come up with their ideas on what actually are the obstacle, the hindrance that prevents you from moving forward. And they do that within five minutes. And then they glue them up at the bottom end of the, of the boat. So these are the things that prevent you from moving towards your goal. And then step number three is that every member have three voting stickers. And they put these votes on those ideas they see from under the sailboat that prevent you from reach your goal, that being the, that having the highest impact if solved to move you towards the goal. And hopefully the least effort. And as you can see, this takes eight minutes and we come up with the ideas. We have no discussions, no, no dead time for discussing or object to other people's idea. We note and we vote. When that is done, we move on to step number four, and that is we take those with the highest number of votes 
those with a low number of votes we put aside because we're not going to throw them away, but we leave them for potential later use. But each of those obstacles, they will have the, the articulation of a problem statement. Now we're going to reframe that problem statement into how might we, how might we do, which means that it turns it into an opportunity and it could have up to two or three alternative articulations underneath each of these uh, uh, problem statements. And then step number five, you, the team ideate. So each of these uh, how might we are put up as separate solutions. So we put them up as solutions and then the team are getting five minutes to come up with ideas for how to move forward on this solution. And that is represented by the green notes down there. So after these five minutes, they stick it up into this type of frame. And then step number six, we prioritize this solution. And that is to the solution, not the ideas. The solution on the top here. And they have four minutes to put their votes, number of votes on the solutions. Then having identified the solutions with the highest number of votes, we take the green stickers and then we, together, we say, which of these has the highest impact and the lowest effort? And we put them up in a grid. We place them like this. And then we take the one, in this case, one with high impact and low effort. And then we come up with, oops, sorry. Something went slightly out of. Um, and then we put these up in a diagram like this. And then we say, what actions do we need now to take to test this idea? Test them again, customer making hypothesis and go out and test it with customer internally, if it's internal, etc. But as you can see, that is an eight step process to identify actionable items to solve a problem in a prioritized way. Highly effective and it's done within an hour or so. This process is very inclusive. All your members are part of it. And also, it takes away, because it's anonymous, it takes away authority, it takes away um, uh, my idea is better than your ideas, it takes away all the discussion. And the members are working for a team effort, not on an individu individual's hobby horse uh, point. So it is culturally, um, uh, much better in that it creates unity. The outcome is also that everybody has the same message. So being asked from externally, what do you do? Everybody has the same message. Equally important, 
is that those who are the the have the personality the charisma what have you to adopt this methodology because that you can easily learn after a while yourself and you can cultivate it internally that creates leadership as opposed to management a manager do things right while a leader do right things so you create that leadership and leadership take courage and now you have the tools in which that encouragement uh, can prosper so this is very effective in that as well and it changes the behavior of the people within an organization and you eliminate all those corner discussions of dismay because people are enthused by these type of, of uh, working relations. Um, here is what we put up as a value canvas for this methodology, workshop, facilitate, note and vote, because this is just one methodologist. There are other methodologies that is sort of split into Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday for design and what have you, depending on what is the most feasible. But as you can see here, what we reduce relative to the traditional, what industries tended to do, we reduce time to action. Out goes all these endless meetings with no discussion, with numerous hours of discussions. And at the end of the day, if a decision is reached, 80% is not happy with the decision that was reached. It has no external resources other than the facilitator, which is our case is one, two, three, but the group is yours. And it takes away fear, uncertainty and doubt amongst your staff. They're included, they know what's going on. It eliminates need for traditional consulting, tedious and consuming meetings, sudden surprises and uncertainties. It increases staff motivation and engagement. There was Deutsche Telekom in Germany adopted some of these things. And what they experienced was that their employees actually increased the market value, but they didn't want to leave. They wanted to stay on. And did, they did, did, did this in a, something called process minding and exploring new ways for, for cross-functional processes, etc. And people wanted to stay on. And the quality of the decision making was second to none. And they became innovative. And trust and clarity was, was established. And an inclusive culture you create courage to lead, as I mentioned, business model innovation and common understanding and common language you create across your, your company. And if you apply this over the canvas, we can start to look at different type of measures other than traditional KPIs. So we can, we can measure business capabilities earning versus spending. Do I get earning before I incur all my spending? And then are my, are my uh, sales transactional or are they recurring? 
what holds customer back from moving to another competitor, etc. So these are seven business capabilities which are on a much higher business level as opposed to KPIs that tends to be on a task and functional level. So facilitating workshop versus traditional consulting. So what we made is a very simple value curve. So on the highest level here, you have high value and down here you have low value. So if you take external help being the standard consulting, etc., consulting is established and this new, uh, new way of facilitating workshops is low. So we were a little bit humble and we put ourselves on a lower value than traditional consulting. However, when you look at number of external consulting, the value is much higher because we don't inflate and throttle corridors with, with numbers of consultants uh, that people don't really know what's doing after they've been interviewed, right? So we put the facilitation much higher and consulting lower. And then own staff engaged in, in, in investigation. Well, in traditional consulting, staff is interviewed, but after that, they don't know what's happening. And we don't interview in workshops. They are part of the workshop and the ideation of the workshop. Own staff engaged in scoring, generally not in consulting. Consulting, they tend to take what they learn, hide behind closed doors where they strategize and then come up with a recommendation in which they put forward to management. This is not at all the case in this type of note and vote scenario. Internally driven recommendation, 100%. While a consulting is primarily uh, external and then positive cultural impact. And with that, I'm going to end our session and uh, I hope you um, or I managed to get across our messages of work and note and facilitation. As um, at the end of it, what I'm going to invite you, uh, delegates, is the three first of you, we're going to offer you a lightning decision jam one day you need to set the goal, you need to assign the teams, and we're going to do, or we're going to offer to do a lightning decision jam with you for free. But that goes for the three first, so it's first come, first serve. And with that, I'm going to open it up for questions. Hey, Carlo, I've got the first question. You know, we've been working on, um, on uh, on these three principles for many years of simplicity, clarity and self-sufficiency as sort of touchstones that we always try and go out to businesses and uh, and help them uh, sort of grasp. How would you say that this model uh, impacts simplicity, clarity and self-sufficiency? <laughs> well, it, 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 it covers it 100%, all of them. First of all, the clarity is much more visible or touchable in that you avoid all un unnecessary discussions and time consuming and endless meeting. 
uh, also with a very unified and clear uh, um, outcome that everybody understands and everybody be part of, it's much easier for the whole company to express clear messages and that itself is clarity both externally and internally and then you have the common language. Um, and um, what was the two others again? Clarity, efficiency. Self-simplicity um, and self-sufficiency. Yeah, well, first of all, it's very simple. I, I This eight-step model, uh, the lightning jam, very simple. The other models are also very simple to understand and it's all based on note and vote and sketching and designing, etc. And it's all teamwork. Everybody works for the team, not as, as promoting themselves as individual. And um, so it, in that sense, it's highly effective. Um, uh, and, uh, and simplicity, well, I think uh, you saw from the, from the method that this is fairly simple. Right. And obviously our end goal is to get their teams to be able to facilitate these, to build the leadership internally so that they don't need to rely on on uh, on facilitators or consultants to come in and actually do the work for them for well for forever absolutely we encourage the the the, the clients to actually learn the methodologies which is not that difficult uh, after a while it takes a little bit uh, to get familiar or comfortable and and so on but uh, uh, we we are very much the predicators of uh, leadership and this will courage leadership. Mm -hmm. Okay, all right, thank you very much for that presentation, Kato, and that wonderful question, um, Jeb. Uh, we actually have some questions from the audience that we wanna get to. Um, we're opening the line and the first question that we have right now uh, can you give an example on a client using your methods in this COVID situation to prioritize high impact problems? Yes, um, well, the, 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 this methodology was developed by a company called AJ and Smart, actually uh, based in, in Germany. And it, it was specifically developed for remote workshopping. That means, to, and this is what we do as well, and this is our offer, is we do remote workshopping using remote whiteboards and we work remotely with the team and, and set it up all hosting over the internet and electronically. And uh, these are, these have been used for uh, companies uh, defining problems around uh, user experience design, setting up the website and and mobile apps. Um, I can't on the top of my head think of all the names, but mm. that is what has been used. But it's also been used by by Google Venture, and it was used in uh, in uh, the run up of Slack. You know the Slack, the um, messaging uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. service. Mm -hmm. It was used by uh, by other Google venture uh, companies 
And the whole sprint design was developed by a guy called Jake Knapp, who then, then um, uh, uh, used this with Google Venture for solving major problem. And they found they could solve any problem with this. So I hope that answers the question. Yes, thank you for that answer. Um, we actually have a few more questions. Uh, there is one statement here that says, uh, thanks for that offer. Wow, uh, that, that that really is a great offer from you guys. Um, but going on to our next question, I see some similarity to design thinking. What is the main difference? Okay, the, the, it is absolutely a, a, a similarity to design thinking. And if you go into design thinking and, and IDEO and so on, the very foundation of it is based on design type of thinking. Uh, however, in the design thinking, and I was working with design thinking and IDEO in uh, Hong Kong telecoms, and, uh, and uh, we learned a lot of stuff about various things in the organization, but it didn't really have the recipe to come to the results. So with the methodologies like, like sprint design, which is a bigger methodology and, and lightning jam, which I took you through, that is the difference. It, we have the tools and the methodologies to actually uh, bring it forward much simpler, much more uh, inclusive and uh, and uh, inspiring, I would say. But design thinking is in bottom here. So, so there is no discrediting of the design thinking. We just apply the methodologies, which is the recipe. It's a bit like a chef. You can use a lot of ingredients in different dishes, but you use a specific recipe to come to specific to, to the results yeah right and i would say the other difference is you know that it's just a part of the whole solution so design thinking is part but in the greater greater uh, framework that we've developed which includes multiple other techniques and and uh, and frameworks to develop our digital transformation framework mm -hmm. okay yes, and if if i may i would like to also add one one more aspect of uh, of using this methodology is that it tremendously um, affects the corporate governance, which is basically the way the decisions, the strategic and big decisions are made in the company. And if that becomes the, the, the good practice applied by the leadership, it incredibly uh, accelerates the, the progress of the company, which means that the companies become much more agile and agility is the goal within itself for many companies, especially startups and, and, and young small companies who want to grow fast and want to make decisions, um, right decisions uh, in a very structured and a very fast way. So agility and, uh, and the way the decisions are made um, in a safe and accurate way uh, will definitely help the companies grow and, and develop uh, their, their new culture and therefore step ahead of the competition in the market. Mm. Okay, all right. So anything else to add to that, Kato, Jeb? Yeah, I'd like to add one thing very, very quickly, and that is what we do specifically is we put it into the context of a innovative business model design. So we put it broader and then and then put it also map it into the 
the um, uh, the the business change framework for for transformational results. So we think about it wider than just a design of an app or design of a website or or things like that. And we include human resources and uh, and reskilling and stuff like that. Hence, why we have Dorota amongst us as well with 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 particular skills in those areas. Mm -hmm. Okay, now uh, we actually have one more question from the audience, but I think this was answered in the middle of the of the presentation. Um, is this a lightning gem online workshop and how long does it take? So okay. do you guys want to just refresh on that? Yeah, let, let's do that. It is an online, it's designed for online and we use electronic whiteboards, etc. And it takes um, including the introduction to the to the whiteboarding and how to use the whiteboarding etc i would say maximum um a day because people need to fiddle about and get familiar with the tool which is very simple it's just mm. the, the the things but the actual lightning jams takes two hours two three hours there's a little bit prior to that as well setting up the goal right so working with the executive team maybe to define that original goal uh, is something we do beforehand again but it would take very little time mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay now uh we, i'm not sure if you guys know but we actually have uh lars steps in here with us uh lars do you want to give in your two cents on this topic uh yeah no i was listening uh throughout the presentation i'm not really a part of the presentation so uh, hello everyone uh hi jeb hi kato I don't Hi. Know. Yeah, good to hear uh, your presentation. Very interesting. Um, I, I saw some, uh, you know, the, actually I had similar questions like the audience. Uh, I saw some sim similarity to uh, to the design thinking. But what I picked up from uh, from your last comment was that you see this more as a as a basically you 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 hand over this tool during a kind of a training session and then that becomes a part of your standard process whenever you look at a challenge or a problem or want to address a new opportunity or uh, things like this so it becomes like a, 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 a an ongoing process um, uh, is that correct yeah absolutely so self-sufficiency is 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 you know is something that all of us believe in uh, wholeheartedly and it's something you know, we've been preaching for years, uh, but the only way that really works is if you can also build in uh, simplicity. And that's yes. what these tools are. These tools are simple, easy to use. Yes. You know, we're not worried about you going out learning this and not needing us uh, in the future. There are multiple modules and they don't all all uh, use exactly the same, uh, the exact same set of tools. So, you know, we can get plenty of workshop uh, you know, time with you and your organization, um, you know, and there's plenty of organizations that need this kind of help. So, you know, self-sufficiency is absolutely what we're looking at, at providing every one of our clients. Mm -hmm. Okay. And Dorota, do you want to add something? Do you want to add something to that? Uh, I think you're on mute, Dorota, sorry. Yeah, I wanted to just mention and the, the side effect that uh, you will see on the team members, on the whole staff, uh, the way they feel it is, um, is that there is a complete difference in the internal communication for the company, which obviously affects uh, the culture. 
and the trust that uh, you have in your in your management in your leadership team that uh, mm-hmm. automatically starts manifesting itself by people who are creative, who have ideas, who want to be a part of the decision-making process, they will start coming out and it may in the end completely change the um, the distribution of your talent. You suddenly realize that your talent pools are um, have completely different composition and you actually might start using and involving uh, a lot more people in a lot more projects that will push your organization forward than normally before, where most of the decisions would be made, you know, behind closed door by the leadership team and everything would be considered confidential and highly sophisticated. Mm-hmm. Uh, meant across the company on the horizontal um, levels and involves a lot of people, brings everybody to the table and makes it yeah so uh, uh, this was what i also understood uh, from your earlier uh, from what you said earlier is that it it kind of uh, pulls out the talent in the organization and involve more people in the process which kind of uh, are at the end of the day you know you, you very often have these kind of well if you had asked me i would have told you that wouldn't work so, but now these people are all in a part of that process. I like the boat with the sail in the wind. I, I, uh, if I can just ask one last question, I don't know if you're almost out of time, uh, Ara, but I mm. didn't really get what is the 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 one under the uh, you know the wind on top and then the water. What what was the is That's that the obstacles? Anchor. The anchor that holds you back. Okay, all right. Okay, all right. Excellent. Okay, I think that was uh, really cool. Uh, do you have any uh, 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 YouTube uh, stuff or anything that people could watch after this as well? Uh, you have something uh, to share apart from this uh, generous offer of a, a free session? The, we, we're in the startup phase. They will arrive, but they're, okay. they're not there yet. Great. Mm. Well, okay. I wish you all the best of luck. I think this is a, a fantastic tool, and I think uh, uh, organizations, uh, you, you you talk about startup, and of course, as, as, as our company, we have used uh, design thinking, but I see this as a more uh, a simple process that can be used across the organization. So really cool tool. Thank you very much for sharing that. And uh, back to you, Ara. I'm sorry, I kind of was not a part of this presentation, but since I was here, I just, uh, uh, you know, I, I what they call uh, crashed the party anyway. So yeah. uh, <laughs> thank you. I will, I will oh, drop oh, out now. Okay. All right. So um, thank you very much for that, Lars. Thank you for joining in. And uh, do you guys have anything else to say to our audience before we uh, before we end our session? Just one last thing. Mm. We use straight language. There's no jargon. There's no technical hiccups. So everybody could under- will understand. So that is important. Okay, thank you very much for that. Now, thank you uh, very much, uh, Digital Dexterity's team, for answering those queries and giving us an insightful presentation. But unfortunately, that's all the time we have. Now, for all the unanswered questions, you can email them to aliana at techoneglobal.com, or you can get in touch with our speakers through through their contact details you see on the screen. So we'll just flash that there for a couple of seconds. Thanks again, everyone. Thank you, speakers. Thank you to our audience. And we'll see you there.
Thank you for joining us here at Lead with DX. If you enjoyed this episode, we encourage you to share it with your friends, colleagues, and network. Stay tuned for more awesome content next week. Catch you later.